Welcome to Fresh Take, where we speak to food systems experts about topics related to organic and sustainable agriculture, healthy lifestyles, and the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to our latest podcast episode. Today, uh, we're talking to Michael Wall, Director of Farmer Advocacy at Georgia Organics. Really excited to be talking to Michael because we have several really interesting topics that we want to discuss with him. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today, Michael. I'm thrilled to be here, JC. Thank you for having me. Um, You probably know I've got a great, so much respect for FOG and for QCS, and it's, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. We do as well. And that was one of the things that we here at, at FOG were really excited, you know, when we were planning to talk to you because Georgia Organics has been around like FOG for some time. I believe that you all have been around since the 1970s. So we're really excited to hear and find out more. I know that um, a lot of our farmers, you know, here in Florida and those that are listening in Georgia, really want to find out a little bit more about the organization and everything that you guys do. And actually, why don't we start right there? If you could maybe share with us a little bit about, you know, the history of Georgia Organics, and perhaps even if you would like to share a little bit about yourself and how you been involved with the uh, with Georgia Organics these years. We'll do. Yeah, the history of Georgia Organics and Fog, they're pretty similar and parallel. I, it's funny, I think, um, as you all know, and listeners know, like the, the boundary between South Georgia and North Florida is very blurred. Yes. It's, there's not a clear distinction. And I like that. I think that, you know, we just flow into each other, right. um, kind of the way Geo and, and Fog work together. Um, so George Organic started in the 70s, you know, um, like-minded farmers getting together. Um, and at one point, you know, they were organizing farm tours so that they can share resources with each other. At another point, there was the like fog we were doing in-state inspections, um, organic inspections and certifications. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, went uh, to the wayside when the USDA started doing organic certification and um, George Organics officially became a nonprofit in 1997. Mm-hmm. I've been at George Organics for 14 years. Um, I started off as a journalist and I am from South Georgia. I am from a, a seventh generation farming family near like around the Albany area and around the Montezuma, Georgia area. So the issues are super important to me. And I think one of the my personal biggest driver is... Gosh, just economic development in parts of the state that really need it. Rural Georgia, like rural Florida, has some serious entrenched um, poverty. And I I, I think agriculture is uh, a part of the solution. And um, that's, and I think organic certification is one of the ways um, that we can work our way out of that uh, entrenched Mm -hmm. poverty. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I understand, Michael, that as part of that goal and the things that Georgia Organic does, your mission and, and, and vision um, have been reframed or uh, exactly, and maybe you can correct me if I'm not stating that correctly, but, but um, tell us about your mission, basically, is what I'm asking, and your vision. 
Yeah, I would say they've been rebooted. Um, like most nonprofits, you know, we do strategic planning and we we try to do it every three to five years. Uh-huh. And because of COVID, there was a bit of a delay, but through our strategic plan, and this one was a doozy. It was a good one. We've come out in a kind of brand new place, but our, our new vision is that all Georgia farmers nurture and heal the land, people, and communities. Mm-hmm. And our mission is that Georgia Organics invests in organic farmers for the health of our communities and the land. Um, And those, you know, we're not one of those nonprofits that does a plan and just leave it on a shelf. Those those visions, the vision is real and our mission is real. We do invest in our farmers for a, a ripple effect that goes beyond that farm. And the strategic plan did have us land in a a brand new spot for advocacy. Mm -hmm. Um, our farmers wanted it. Our board wanted it. Other constituents of, uh, of ours wanted us to get more into advocacy. So we have launched a, a brand new uh, advocacy program. I call it um, Farmer Advocacy. It's still a part of Farmer Services. And I'm its, I'm its first director, the director of Farmer Advocacy. And wow. I've been starting Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I've been doing it since January. Officially, it, advocacy had been one of my side hustles for a long time Um, and now it feels good that it's sanctioned I won't get in trouble for doing it the board (laughs) knows about it and the farmers know about it and it's supported well and it is so important that as organizations that both FOG and Georgia Organics are looking out for the interest of farmers as we you know have just started to discuss Helping that, that economic development in rural areas and or, or wherever farmers you know may be, that we have to understand, you know, what is it that farmers need? What are some of the challenges that our farmers are facing? That takes a lot of work, and, and so I commend you for taking on this task, which is enormous. And, and I'm sure that you know you've been plenty busy, even though, as you said, you have been doing this for some time now, it's official. Uh, So maybe how exactly are you all trying to connect with farmers and maybe understanding, you know, what those um, needs and challenges are in Georgia? Gotcha. The first thing that I wanted to do, I kind of felt like going into this position and doing this work that I, I had a hunch of what our farmers needed in terms of advocacy, but I really needed to talk it out, I needed to speak with a lot of farmers um, yeah. and get a lot of input, um, so much input, because I, I, if it's my hunch, um, I didn't feel like I had power to walk into difficult conversations, you know, like, <laughs> like what, who am I to make this stand when it's just me? Who am I speaking for? So we launched uh, a survey to gather the thoughts and input of our farmers um, basically to determine what are our farmers' top policy priorities. We, we just finished that last month, so okay. we're on more sure footing there. But we, we worked with a nonprofit called Listen for Good that helps. It's a nonprofit that helps nonprofits create kind of a robust and institutionalized feedback loop so that you can say and know how on track you are with your constituents. Mm-hmm. So they helped us with that survey, and it, it really helps kind of, you know, set the benchmarks for where we need to go and do and have the best impact for our farmers. So would you mind uh, maybe sharing with us uh, a little bit of what you've learned? Uh, and you said that the uh, that portion of the survey 
has ended, can people still, uh, I'm sure people can still reach out somehow and talk to you. Is that, is that the case? Yeah, people can always reach out and talk to us. In fact, we, I, I consider the results of the survey to be another engagement for conversation. Yeah. Like, um, like I've got these results. And if somebody doesn't agree with these results or has a story or, or some anecdote to fill in some color on the results, then that's, that's just going to make the work much more robust. So, uh, and I'm happy, I'm thrilled to share with you some of these results because it's, some of it's surprising and some of it isn't, but it is to me just this, it's like an exclamation point at the end of a very important sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'll share with them, but thank you for that question because one of the things that we'll do um, at our, our next conference um, is go over these results and have a facilitated conversation with farmers who've expressed an interest in doing advocacy work along with us, because there are, there are some controversial things in here and things that just need to be flushed out. Yeah, no, I completely understand. Uh, yeah. And the one thing that I want to say, uh, and thank you for that, Michael, because uh, th- this, uh, our uh, Fresh Day podcast is uh, precisely an opportunity to inform farmers in, in our audience of what's going on. So I encourage everybody listening to check out uh, Georgia Organics uh, you know, website where I'm sure a lot of this uh, information is gonna begin to be published, right, Michael? And so, or, or, or things that you, you mentioned the conference, which you know is something that for anybody who has attended uh, Georgia Organics conference, you know, they put a really good conference. So, you know, and, and you just mentioned it or alluded to it, right? It's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. It's coming yeah. back. I yeah. can't tell you when. <laughs> well, I know it's going to be 2023. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I okay. don't know it's going to be 2023 because of COVID. But yeah. if the numbers kind of stay where they are, we are beginning to plan for a conference in 2023. There will be a save the date and an official announcement later. But let me just pique your interest and, and let you know it's, it's coming back in, in the winter of 2023. Awesome. And we'll, we'll be looking out and, and, and hopefully be able to travel to, to the conference. Um, how do we advocate and support farmers, Michael? Uh, you know, as an organization, uh, of course, that also is interested in doing that. What are some of the things that you think that we should be doing um, in that effort? Yeah, let me tell you about the survey results, because to me, the survey results answer that question. How okay. do we advocate for farmers? We asked okay. um, our farmers, which government functions are most important for your farm success? So, you know, the, the government does play a large role in agriculture in terms of support, cost shares and enforcement and regulations. So which government functions are most important to our farmers? The number one answer was the USDA programming on conservation. Most of our farmers listening know about the NRCS, EQIP and CRP, um, sorry, CSP, I got it mixed up. Um, That got the number one response, 58.6% of our farmers voted that number one. Mm -hmm. And then next was USDA programming on crop insurance and access to capital. Those would be the things that you would access through an FSA office. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you get, um, so those were the top two by far. And then after that, you get local zoning, state regs, state licensing. And then the one coming in last, and here's where the con- one, the first controversy, um, because it's last, was the National Organic Program Standards and Enforcement. Mm. And 
that 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 was last amongst our farmers um, needs to be talked about and and fleshed out a bit. We had a conversation about that, and our yeah. our board members are definitely like, "What is going on there?" So we're gonna we're gonna talk about it and figure it out. That's very interesting, and and as you said, you know, it definitely deserves looking more into all of those you know areas. Uh, but but it is exciting to find out. What it is that you, uh, as you guys start to continue the, the conversation with farmers, what it is, exactly it is that you find out. That's great. Yeah. Um, in terms of the advocacy work that and policy work that you already are doing, I am sure that you personally have had and seen some success stories. Can you, wouldn't you mind maybe sharing some of those stories with us? Sure. And I'll, first, I'll start with some success stories that I had nothing to do with or had very little to do with. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, you know, having these survey results and having this roadmap, I consider that to be a success already because we know what to do. Yeah. And I now feel like I can make a strong argument. I can get into a fight with somebody about these issues because I know that I'm speaking on behalf of the folks that I work for, our farmers. So mm-hmm. they are the power they are the fuel within me to do this work so i'm grateful for that um and some of the other advocacy successes we've had going back you know maybe maybe 10 years but have just come into fruition in the past year or two one of them involves the um, georgia department of agriculture's regulations for on-farm poultry processing poultry is really really big in georgia uh, north georgia and small-scale farmers haven't had clear rules on how to do on-farm processing. So Georgia Organics' earlier advocacy efforts took that on with a lot of of resistance. And then thanks in part to working on a relationship with our outgoing commissioner of agriculture, Gary Black, and kind of the results in the marketplace of the pandemic, the GDA, changed their mind about that on-farm processing rule. So now small-scale farmers can do on-farm poultry processing legally. Mm. That's, um, you know, that took a long time and a lot of people working on it, but that's a big win for our farmers. That's big, yeah. Um, Another piece of advocacy that I didn't have anything to do with, but one of my colleagues did, the Atlanta Local Food Initiative, which was um, an offshoot of Georgia Organics, um, worked with the city of Atlanta on an urban ag zoning ordinance that was very successful. The city of Atlanta eventually hi- hired its own, created a position and hired its own urban ag director. And that is a success from Georgia Organics Advocacy. And then thanks in part to that, other cities in the metro Atlanta area have done the same in terms of the urban ag director position. East Point has an urban ag director, which is mm-hmm. uh, East Point is as much of a hub of urban agriculture as the city of Atlanta is. So that's exciting and, and neat. Um, this one I did have a little bit of influence with. We, we helped recruit Representative Sanford Bishop to join the Congressional Organic Caucus. Uh-huh. Um, and Bishop is a big deal. He is the chair of the, the committee that decides how much money goes to which of the programs that are authorized by the farm bill. So he's, he's not on the house ag committee. He's on the appropriations committee, but he's the chair of the subcommittee on agriculture. And he represents um, one of the, the districts in Georgia. That's pretty, you know, 
big ag and con conventional ag centric, which is great. Uh, we need all, all of Georgia's vo farmer voices loud as can be in Congress. Um, mm -hmm. But he's, he's got more and more organic farms in his district and is visiting them and is listening to those farmers. And um, I consider that to be a win. And it, sure. really, it really did help with the, the previous farm bill. We got a lot of good wins in there. And then ongoing, we, we, you know, we developed and nurture relationships with the Congress folks on the Ag Committee, um, Republicans and Democrats alike. Um, so that's, that was work from the beginning. And then it's constant work to keep those relationships oh. maintained and positive. Absolutely. And, 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 and you said it just now, I, I think it is about, you know, building and maintaining those uh, relationships. Um, obviously, with our representatives, our farmers, uh, our fellow organizations, you know, and part of that's, you know, a lot of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you today. Uh, we've been around, as we said, uh, in the beginning of this podcast for some time and have done some work, you know, in the past have worked together, but it is very important since we are all interested in uh, local, organic, sustainable, regenerative foods and, and agriculture to share stories, share successes, and sometimes failures. We learn from, from that as well and, and being able to work on those goals together and, and really, you know, make a difference. And in fact, Wanted to maybe also pick your brain a little bit, or or if you can also tell us about. Uh, we've talked about farmer advocacy, you know, your work um, that you're doing right now. And by the way, I was going to ask you, what is the best way for people to connect with you and reach out to you? The best way is my email address, and that's pretty simple: Michael M I C H A E L at GeorgiaOrganics.org. Michael at GeorgiaOrganics that org yep. is that correct yeah okay uh and so it, maybe you could also share with us a little bit about some of the other projects because i'm sure that this takes most of your time if not all of your time but um some of the other projects and things that perhaps everybody who listens to us would be also interested in finding out more oh man there are so many things going on at georgia organics and yeah. we have the best team I, I am so lucky. I love my job and I love the people I work with. I am, let me tell you what we're doing. So um, there's our former services team is now led by Lauren Cox, a for, former um, farmer up at Woodland Gardens, a very well known and very well respected diversified vegetable operation near Athens. Um, so she's grown the team um, from two to four folks right now and they're working on the 200 organic farms program which is that's what we do to increase the number of certified organic farms and ranches in the state of Georgia. There's also the farmer champion program which is a uh, farm to restaurant training program for farmers to help farmers become restaurant ready but it's also got this verification component that mm -hmm. rewards restaurants who buy from local and organic farmers by giving them like a, a, a decal that they can put on their on their um, restaurant windows and doors, but it's verified. So we have somebody who's allowed to go into their financial accounts and actually figure out how much money they're spending on local and organic farmers. So it's, you know, I believe it was a, it was a St. Petersburg Times story that kind of 
exposed these fraudulent claims about restaurants that were buying from local farms and really weren't. That was the impetus for our executive director, Alex Rolls, to think about a new program where somebody else is verifying these claims, kind of almost like a third party certification, but right. not quite that extensive. And, and so that's the, that's the farmer champion program. We also okay. have the accelerator program. I don't know when this is coming out exactly, but there's a chance that the accelerator applications are still open for farmers in Georgia. The accelerator program, for those who don't know, is um, we accept 10 farmers into this program each year. It's an acceleration to get farms to financial sustainability more quickly. And it includes almost $10,000 in on-farm investments paired with um, very clear goals and strategies for the next year with tailored coaching. So if you need QuickBooks, there we have a QuickBooks instructor that can okay. help you set up your record keeping and financials. And then you also have soil health experts and business experts who can help you with marketing decisions. Should I do this? Should I start a CSA? To help you think that through based on the data that's in your financials. Um, there's also our farm to school program is very robust. We're going to be doing, um, leaf it to spinach for our October farm to school month again, which is, um, that's where we provide stickers, recipes, seeds to schools and parents, um, across the whole state, um, to boost enthusiasm, which is pretty robust as it is for farm to school programming in the state of Georgia. So important. Uh, what about the projects that perhaps, and, and you mentioned it at the beginning, that are outside of, you know, Georgia, maybe, you know, that border between you know, Florida and Georgia, or that you think, you know, uh, could be somehow uh, things that you know, they would be interested in? Let me think about that. Well, we're really close to Florida with our farm box program in Waycross. I don't know if any of those farmers are from the Florida area, but I think they'd be eligible. Okay. And, and that's a program where we work with um, ECE centers, like daycare centers, okay. to provide um, locally sourced farm boxes for families whose kids are, are going to those um, ECE centers. The other thing I that has a applied in the past is I've definitely helped farms that have acreage on the Georgia side and the Florida side achieve organic certification. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of a lot of big organic farms that have acreage on both sides. And we've helped a couple of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and and of course, you've already mentioned it. I, I want to tell people once again, the uh, Georgia Organics Conference is coming back uh, soon. So that is something that people uh, who've attended in the past, and maybe those of you who've never attended, I want to encourage people to be in the lookout for when that announcement is going to be made. Um, as I said, we've been an admirer of uh, Georgia Organics. We think that they're doing, you all are doing great work. Thank you. We really appreciate, um, you know, the time, Michael, that you've spent with us today to tell us about your advocacy work. Uh, and it's really, really great everything that you're doing and we can't say you know more about how important i think that work is and really looking forward to finding out the results of the survey and more information about that thank you thank you jc um i want to encourage people to visit the website correct me if i'm wrong that's www 
georgiaorganics.org. That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Take yeah. it all in just the way it sounds. <laughs> now, was there anything else that maybe you wanted to you know, say today? I want to add one thing and that it's so very helpful when I show up in Washington, D.C. and I see Rom or somebody else from Fog QCS up there advocating alongside me to help, you know, most of our congressional folks, especially on the ag side of things, hear from a lot of different interests. So to have somebody else up there that's a, a voice for organic farmers, and this is not an us versus them thing. I absolutely believe that all farmers need so much more support than what's happening for them. But when it comes to the voices up there on the Hill, it's so important that our farmers are being heard. That's what I'm doing. And that's what y'all are doing. And I'm, I respect y'all so much. And I'm so thankful that you had me here today. Well, thank you, Michael. It's been a pleasure. We really appreciate it and look forward to continue the conversations uh, in the months to come. Thank you. Thank you, JC. And to everyone listening, we uh, invite you once again to listen to our podcast, and we appreciate everyone who tunes in. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. FOG is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so to keep our content available and free to the public, we need your help. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen, and consider making a tax-deductible donation. Learn more about our work on our website, www.foginfo.org.